Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Andrew. I'm enjoying our study in the Psalms, and we've got a great one this week, Psalm 47. Psalm 47, fantastic. It's a praise. Lifting God up, I mean, just straight up, pure, God's amazing and awesome. I know, and we haven't had one of these for a while, so I'm all about it. (laughs) All right, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, Psalm 47. Oh, hey, it does make me wonder, before we get started, everything go well with your wife's birthday last week? (laughs) That's not fair, since I'm actually recording it before her birthday is (laughs) I'll be able to tell you in a couple hours. Good luck with that. So yeah, we're no airing on Monday, recording on Friday. So uh, hope that went well. Psalm 47, to the choir master, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us the pride of Jacob whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. So you're saying that this was a pure psalm of praise, and I wondered, does it also get uh, classified as one of the royal psalms since there's so much talk about king, or is it strictly praise because... God is the king. It's God is the king. It's okay. it is the, it is a royal psalm, but it is highlighting who the real king of Israel is, and not only the real king in Israel, mm-hmm. but the fact that the king in Israel, who is Yahweh, is actually king not just over Israel, and that is truly profound. Back in this historical setting, when these psalms were written. Yeah, because there was an idea among those ancient peoples that uh, God's basically ruled their own little land, their own little nationality. And that's always been the unique teaching about Yahweh, about the God of Israel, that he is the creator overall. There was a learning process, a learning curve, I think, for the Israelites as they were being moved. And then every nation around them was supposed to be brought along in this process of understanding the nature of deity and what's going on behind the scenes. And that is, is that these these deities of over these other nations mm-hmm. are not deity at all. They are not God. So there was an idea of, of course, polytheism, right? That there's just all kinds of different gods. Mm-hmm. They have equal powers or they, you know, they go back and forth. You know, one might be stronger here. One might be stronger there. One's stronger in the mountains. One's stronger in the plains. Let's talk a little bit more about that here in a second. One is over Israel and so has power in that country. One is over Syria and so has power in that country. And maybe for whatever reason, the God of Syria can attack the God of Israel and come out on top, at least if 
you know, if they're closer to their land or if the God of Syria has been working out or something, I don't know. Then I think um, I think the word is henotheism, that there are all these deities, but one is supreme. And so there's like this process of moving away from polytheism to this idea that there's the most high God, and that's our God, and ultimately coming to the understanding, no, actually there's only one that is truly God, Mm -hmm. and it is the supreme Lord of Israel, Yahweh. Israel has been steeped in some of this other polytheistic and other mindset as they were brought up in Egypt, Egypt, as they're surrounded by these other nations. God is bringing them to this understanding, and we see it right here in this psalm, the ultimate understanding. Our God is God everywhere. I think that's a great point to bring up. Our background here in the States and the kind of the religious world we've inherited, monotheism is kind of the order of the day for it's, a lot of us. It's been for the norm. a lot of us. It's yeah. been the norm. Uh, and so to appreciate that there was a a learning curve about all that. And I, I know, you know, even in other parts of the world today, there's still plenty of idolatry going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but here, a little different. So good to remember that. Good to remember that. Of course, as you're talking about the gods of the plain versus the gods of the hills, that puts us in mind of one of the object lessons declaring the one true God recorded for us in Scripture in 1 Kings chapter 20. Yeah. yeah so Tell me first, about that. Yeah, so in 1 Kings chapter 20, you have... And this is remarkable to me. One of the truly wicked kings of ancient Israel, King Ahab, who God chooses to bless with victory over and against the Syrians because God is making a lesson to Ahab, to the Israelites, as well as the Syrians, that he is the true and living God. So the occasion in 1 Kings 20 is that Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, really seems to be picking a fight with Ahab. He wants to bring Israel under greater tribute. He sends messengers to him, basically saying uh, that your silver and your gold are mine, your loveliest wives and children are mine. Now, that sounds like a way to start a fight. You need to send me your loveliest wives, your children, all your money. And you would think that a lot of kings would want to fight. That's not the way of King Ahab, though. Verse 4, the king answered and said, My lord, O king, just as you say, I and all that I have are yours. I've often chuckled at that because I thought, you know, among Ahab's wives was one named Jezebel. And uh, here's a king saying, hey, send me your wives. And I wonder if Ahab thought, yeah, I got one I'll send. (laughs) She's a doozy. (laughs) Let me send on. (laughs) But uh, actually, um, this king, Ben-Hadad, responds, uh, oh, really? You just send me him? Well, that's not good enough. So now he wants to send servants into the land to just pick out whatever he wants and into his house to pick out whatever he wants. Well, isn't that what you do when you've been bartering and negotiating and the other person was just really willing to capitulate immediately? You're like, oh, well, I should have asked for another thousand dollars for that car. Yeah. I, why, why did I just ask for five? If you were willing to pay that, I should have asked for six. So I'm going to go ahead and ask for six now. This becomes too much, though, for King Ahab. And as he speaks to the elders of Israel, uh, they tell him, no, we're, we're, we're going to fight. So uh, you would think that, well, I just say that reading this far in the story, this must be the time when God is going to use the Syrians to really bring judgment on Ahab. But it's not. Instead, God is with the Israelites. God is with Ahab. That's amazing. Ben-Hadad and the Syrians are licking their wounds trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong. How are we defeated by Ahab? The wise men come and tell him, the servants to the king of Syria say this, their gods are gods of the hills. 
Therefore, they were stronger than we. But if we fight against them in the plain, surely we will be stronger than they. So do this thing. Dismiss the kings each from his position. Put captains in their places. Muster an army like the army that you have lost, horse for horse, chariot for chariot. Then you will fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. So we've got, the again, that polytheistic idea that you have gods with various powers. Some are stronger in this area. Some are stronger in that area. And clearly the gods of Israel are strong in the hills. I mean, wouldn't they be? Wouldn't they be? Jerusalem is smack up on a hill. Well, Samaria, all that land is very, very mountainous. So what we need to do is get them in the plains. So what happens? And you would think that with horses and chariots, their odds would be better in the plains. And what happens (laughs) when they fight them in the plains? So they go and have the fight again the next year. And what do you know? God lets Ahab know, I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to give you victory because... These people have said their gods are stronger in the hills, but our gods are stronger in the plains. Yeah, I want you to know. I want them to know. Yes, I am God in the mountains. I am also God in the plains. Yes, I am God in Israel. I'm actually also God in Syria. I think this is a fascinating issue. We've talked about this here in our conversations before. The And this was a correction. I can't remember where I read this, but I, I do remember when I first read it, it really shocked me. We often say things like about Jesus, mm-hmm. make Jesus Lord of your life. Mm-hmm. We often say that. I remember reading somewhere where a, an author pointed out, you, you can't make Jesus Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord of your life. He is the one who is Lord. There is no other Lord. The question is, will you confess it and submit to him? Yeah, that's a great point, that your attitude about his lordship actually doesn't change it at all. That's, that's you can right. get in line with it. You can adjust yourself appropriately. But just because you say, yeah, I don't think so, actually doesn't change the fact that he is the Lord. And that's what Psalm 47 is saying about Yahweh. He is king of the earth. You may not recognize him as king, but you don't make him king. You're not electing him as king. Mm-hmm. You are not uh, deciding that he is king. He is king. He is king not only here in Jerusalem. He is king not only here in Judah and Israel. He is king over the entire earth. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hills, mountains, plains, uh, rivers, seas, deserts. He, Israel, Syria, Babylon, Assyria, Egypt. He is king. He is Lord. In fact, isn't that what he demonstrated Yeah. in the Ten Plagues? Okay, sure. Going I'm Lord over Exodus, Egypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what he demonstrated in the conquest? I'm Lord over Canaan. Mm-hmm. That's what he ultimately demonstrates in Assyria and Babylon. And here's the struggle. Sometimes, because God would give victory to these other nations, they thought what was happening was their God was supreme. Yahweh is taking the entire world on an educational journey that says, you had victory because I said you could have victory. You had defeat because I said you were going to be defeated. But Yahweh, God Most High, I I love that here, the Lord Most High, Yahweh Elyon Mm -hmm. is to be feared, the Lord Most High. He is God. He is the only one that occupies that position. There is no other that compete with him. Excuse me, there is no other that can compete with him. There is no other who will have his glory. He is king. Therefore, praise him, worship him, all peoples and all nations. And that's what we want to do. We're so glad that you joined us for Text Talk today. We're going to be talking about this wonderful psalm of praise. 
all week long. Rate the program, share it with someone, send us an email, let us know what you're learning from the Word of God. That email address is texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, and we want to praise you. Father, as we've read in this psalm, we just want to lift up our hands and shout and let the world be known of your greatness. You are most high and you are awesome. Father, nothing that we say or do actually changes that position, but it is right for us to recognize it and make it known. Please bless us to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Okay. Yeah. Because, so what happens next? Because they say, <laughs> I don't know. No, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. I'm going to edit a lot of this now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not?